This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 10 of Surah to Shura, page number 481 of the Noble Quran, or should I say of the Sahih International Translation that we're using. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اختلفتم فيه من شيء فحكمه إلى الله ذلكم الله ربي عليه توكلت وإليه أنيب فاطر السماوات والأرض جعل لكم من أنفسكم أزواجا ومن الأنعام أزواجا يذرأكم فيه ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير له مقاليد السماوات والأرض يبسط الرزق لمن يشاء ويقدر إنه بكل شيء عليم شرع لكم من الدين ما وصى به نوحا والذي أوحينا إليك وما وصينا به إبراهيم وموسى وما وصينا به إبراهيم وموسى وعيسى أن أقيموا الدين ولا تتفرقوا فيه كبر على المشركين ما تدعوهم إليه الله يجتبي إليه من يشاء ويهدي إليه من ينيب وما تفرقوا إلا من بعد ما جاءهم العلم بغيا بينهم ولولا كلمة سبقت من ربك إلى أجل مسمى لقضي بينهم وإن الذين أورثوا الكتاب من بعدهم لفي شك منه مريب فلذلك فادع واستقم كما أمرت ولا تتبع أهواءهم وَقُلْ آمَنْتُ بِمَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَأُمِرْتُ لِأَعْدِلَ بَيْنَكُمْ اللَّهُ رَبُّنَا وَرَبُّكُمْ لَنَا أَعْمَالُنَا وَلَكُمْ أَعْمَالُكُمْ لَا حُجَّةَ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمُ اللَّهُ يَجْمَعُ بَيْنَنَا وَإِلَيْهِ الْمَصِيرِ وَالَّذِينَ يُحَاجُّونَ فِي اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا اسْتُجِيبَ لَهُ حُجَّتُهُمْ دَاحِضَةٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَعَلَيْهِمْ غَضَبٌ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ الله الذي أنزل الكتاب بالحق والميزان وما يدريك لعل الساعة قريب يستعجل بها الذين لا يؤمنون بها والذين آمنوا مشفقون منها والذين آمنوا مشفقون منها ويعلمون أنها الحق ألا إن الذين يمارون 
وفي الساعة لفي ضلال بعيد الله لطيف بعباده يرزق من يشاء وهو القوي العزيز من كان يريد حرث الآخرة نزد له في حرثه ومن كان يريد حرث الدنيا نؤته منها وما له في الآخرة من نصيب أم لهم شركاء شرعوا لهم من الدين ما لم يأذن به الله ولولا كلمة الفصل لقضي بينهم وإن الظالمين لهم عذاب أليم ترى الظالمين مشفقين مما كسبوا وهو واقع بهم والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات في روضات الجنات لهم ما يشاءون عند ربهم ذلك هو الفضل الكبير ذلك الذي يبشر الله عباده الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات قل لا أسألكم عليه أجرا إلا المودة في القربى ومن يقترف حسنة نزد له فيها حسنا إن الله غفور شكور بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على أفضل الخلق أجمعين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد My respected mothers and sisters verse number 10 of this surah we've already covered it previously but we are covering it again and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to understand this beautiful book of his the book that he has sent as the prime book and the main source uh, around which our entire life will rotate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Verse number 10, Allah says, And in anything over which you disagree, its ruling is to be referred to Allah. When you disagree with something or in something, then you need to understand when you disagree in something, meaning there is a dispute between you, then the solution of it should be that solution that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed or ordained. And it's important for us to know that as Muslimin, we have chosen to submit to Allah. Allah has revealed the Qur'an. The Qur'an has asked us to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we have submitted to Allah in a way that we have chosen this as our path. So we cannot say, okay, I'm a Muslim, but I don't want to adopt the Sunnah. Or I'm a Muslim, but I don't want to adopt the Quran. I'm a Muslim, but I don't want my laws of inheritance to be done as a Muslim. So why do we call ourselves Muslim? It's like someone saying, I'm a citizen of Britain, but I do not want to follow the laws of the country. So why are you a citizen of that country in the first place? The same would apply to any other uh, person who lives in a, a certain country being a citizen of it, and they are claiming on one hand to be a citizen, and on 
on the other that they, they will not follow the laws. So the same applies when a Muslim says, I am Muslim, it means I submit to Allah. So whatever I have in terms of dispute, I will look back at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, look into the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa whatever the solution is, whether it be materialistically for me or against me, I will surrender understanding it can only be for me if I adopt the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes in the laws of inheritance, uh, people cheat the women folk, they cheat their sisters, their daughters, their mothers sometimes, uh, and so on, and vice versa. It happens a bit rarely, but yes, it does happen. And we need to understand that uh, the minute a person chooses a path that is not the path of Allah and his messenger, then uh, he needs to go and revisit his iman, and he needs to come back and rekindle his link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because what was the point of claiming to be Muslim when you don't even want to follow Islam. And this is the dispute that we have with a few people who have changed the religion to suit their whims and fancies. We say, you know, from uh, the perspective of being a national of the country you might be living in, uh, or you might be a citizen of, uh, you may be free to do whatever you want. But that does not give you the freedom to still call yourself a Muslim. So if, for example, a person uh, adopts or says that uh, Islam permits alcohol, Islam permits fornication, or any other behavior or deed that is unacceptable according to the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad wasallam, if they want to consider it permissible, they must abstain from calling themselves Muslim still. Or they can say, look, I'm a Muslim, I do admit that revelation has this, but I'm weak. In that particular case, yes, we will still consider them Muslim and they have a right to call themselves Muslim because even though they might have engaged in a sin, but they consider what is wrong to be wrong and they, they are blaming their weakness for having engaged in it. But if a person says uh, that the Quran says this, but that is not Islam, in that particular case, they have rejected the Quran or the Sunnah of Muhammad ﷺ. I hope I've made myself quite clear. The next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in fact, the same verse, Allah continues to say, that is Allah, my Lord. Upon Him I have relied. And to Him I turn back. Now this is also a powerful dua that can be made, a supplication. That is my Rabb, that is my Lord. Upon him I rely. He will look after me. He will ensure that my needs are fulfilled. So that is my Lord. Upon him I rely. And to him I turn back. Turn back in repentance. Turn back uh, in, in every way of turning back. Turning back meaning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So amazingly if someone says it is a verse of the Quran but at the same time it acts as a supplication it's important for us to look at the meanings of it and to, to use the same words of the Quran they are far more powerful than my words and yours then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says verse number 11 he is the creator of the heavens and the earth he has made for you from yourselves mates and among the cattle mates he multiplies you thereby there is nothing like unto him, and he is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. Pause for a moment. We spoke about it uh, two weeks back. We are speaking about it again. Allah says, He created for you, from amongst you, mates. And this is how you shall be reproducing. For reproduction, 
Allah has created for you from amongst you mates. And guess what? He did you and I a favor by making attractive the opposite sex. Because if the opposite sex was not attractive, one wonders how reproduction would actually take place. So to be honest, it's a gift of Allah. And the reason I make mention of this is, Allah has said separately that for you, there are mates from amongst you. For cattle, there are mates from amongst the cattle. So don't mix up man and cattle. Never ever come down one day and say, right, for us, there are mates from the cattle, and from cattle, there are mates for man. A'udhu billah. Allah has made it quite clear to say for men, mates from the same species, and for cattle, mates from the same species. So this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is His choice. This is what He chose to do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And may He save us from witnessing the day. And it's already there, but it's not in our country, subhanallah, alhamdulillah. Uh, witnessing the day when people will be marrying animals and saying that it's natural, normal, and in the genes, you know. I used to wonder why some scholars used to say it's haram to wear genes. Anyway, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us ease. They blame the genes. They say it's in the genes. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us in every single way. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from the day people will be marrying their dogs and cats and cows and goats and animals and whatever you have. One day they might even be marrying fish. Allahu Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Now why did he start off by saying He is the creator of the heavens and the earth? Because the creator is the one who decides. When you create something, you have the right and the power and authority to decide. So he created the heavens and the earth and it is his decision that man will have mates from the same species and he made that. Subhanallah. And from amongst cattle also mates for the cattle. And he multiplies you thereby. As he says, then he says, there is nothing like unto Allah. We spoke about this. We want to repeat it. No names or qualities of Allah can be shared by anyone. No one. Not at all. So a name of Allah, a quality of Allah, nobody, even the highest of creation, who is Muhammad ﷺ, will not have a name or quality equivalent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something quite clear and quite well, you know, uh, documented. Muhammad ﷺ, for example, some people say he is Allamul Ghuyub, na'udhu billah, that he is exactly as Allah, he has his own unique knowledge of the unseen. Now that is wrong. What is correct is for a person to say he was given by Allah knowledge of a lot of the unseen, which he then made clear to us in terms of prophecy and in various other ways. So everything that he told us from that which was in the, the unseen, the world of the unseen, was actually given by Allah. That's what we believe. But the knower of the complete unseen is Allah and none other than Allah. So we are not Christians to believe that Jesus and God were exactly the same in so many things and so on. The same applies Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of creation, the highest of the lot, the highest of even higher than all the angels and so on. We do not ever claim that he is equivalent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we do not render any act of worship to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as much as yes, we have to believe that he was the highest and he brought so much of the knowledge of the unseen with him but given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's a simple difference that we have yet it is quite deep when we get to uh, the, the crux of it may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us and protect us you know uh, people begin to label others as disbelievers and so on if they do not believe that Muhammad sallallahu was not the allamul ghuyub allamul ghuyub means the supreme knower of the unseen 
my brothers and sisters, or my mothers and sisters, Allah is the supreme knower of the unseen. And yes, indeed, He gave information to Muhammad ﷺ. But every time Muhammad ﷺ told us, and He told us a lot of the unseen, it was from Allah. It was revelation. So technically, nobody is disputing that He came with knowledge that was from the unseen, but He came with it from Allah. That's the only difference. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us, protect us, and grant us the ability to worship Him alone. So Allah says, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ There is nothing like unto Allah. This verse actually would show you what is association of partnership with Allah and what is monotheism. If you are to declare that Allah alone is the only one who has His own qualities and names of that level, then you are a person who would be from amongst those who believe in monotheism or that Allah is obviously one and He is alone, God is one and alone. Subhanallah. As we would say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if a person believes that there is anyone who shares any of the names or qualities of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have committed a grave sin that Allah has warned against. So much so that Allah says, وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ He is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. Now I can see, but I'm not the all-seeing. I can hear, but I'm not the all-hearing. Same applies to any other creature. They can hear perhaps, and maybe they can see. If they can see and hear, that sight and hearing was given by Allah. So they are not the all-hearing, the all-seeing, who give hearing and seeing to other people. No, and who can see absolutely everything at any given time, all on their own, independent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No way. So this is something important. Now, if you call someone Sami'un, هذا الرجل Sami'a, this person can hear, that's fine. But you cannot call them As-Sami'a. The alif and lam that you add at the beginning makes it a quality of Allah. You know? So Basir would mean someone who can see. Al-Basir is the Supreme, the one the, who is all-seeing. So there is a slight difference between, or should I say a big difference between if you were to add the alif and lam at the beginning. This is why whenever you add abd at the beginning of a name, immediately after that there is an alif and lam. Always there is an alif and lam. Abd Allah, abd al-Rahim, abd al-Rahman. Uh, for, for example, abd al-Ilah, abd al-Basir. Abd al-Munib, Abdul Munib, Abdul Basir. There's always an al, Abdul. That's why they say Abd al. So, in other words, they would say Abdul this and Abdul that. That is referring to Allah, the slave of Allah. But nobody ever says Abd Basir and so on without the alif and lam, because that Basir would not be referring to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It is al Basir that refers to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Look at the names of Allah. They all would have. Uh, the Alif and Lam, if they are qualities, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us uh, understand. And if it is just one noun, so to speak, you would have the Alif and Lam in front of it. Uh, if it is Dhul Jalali Wal Ikram, it is also Al Jalal Wal Ikram. Uh, however, if you go through the names, you would understand exactly what I'm saying. Then Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse, To him belong the keys of the heavens and the earth. So my mothers and sisters, if you want anything, ask Allah, continue asking Allah, repeatedly ask Allah. You want goodness in life? Point number one, start by seeking forgiveness. Point number two, start by fulfilling your five salah a day. Five, not four and a half. Yesterday or the day before I was speaking at uh, the masjid in Arcadia, mashallah, we had quite a bit of a laugh because what I said is a telephone number. If you know a telephone number, for example, 86150, if that is a phone number and you dial, for example, 8649 and a half, you wouldn't get through. Why? Because you're half a digit out. Half a digit out. Imagine 86149.5. You're not getting through. No ways. 
Why? Because you need to dial the number exactly as it is, 86150. You make a little miss and it's gone. So my mothers and sisters, salah is a little bit different. But salah, again, you want happiness, you want goodness, you want things to flow your way. Understand, please Allah. Point number one, as I said, seek lots of forgiveness on a daily basis. Proper forgiveness. Don't just sit with a counter or a tasbih and say astaghfirullah. You know what we've said in the past about the term astaghfirullah, which has no, or, or which a person is not thinking about. If you want to say the astaghfirullah, it must be with proper concentration upon the meaning. I understand the, what I am saying. Astaghfirullah, I seek your forgiveness, O Allah. Whatever I know I've done, whatever I do not know I've done, the major sins, the minor sins, and obviously the major sins would require a little bit more attention and, and it would require a person to specifically repent from. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. Ameen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us to say, look, I am the owner. The keys of the heavens and the earth with me. Here Allah is saying, to him belong the keys of the heavens and the earth. Whatever you want in the heavens and the earth, Allah owns it. He has it. Do not become a person who earns the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thinking that you're going to get what the heavens and the earth have. Because the owner is Allah. You might get it temporarily, but it will come with a lot of trouble. It will come with a lot of turbulence and test and lack of contentment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. Allah says, He extends provision for whom He wills and restricts provision. Indeed, He is of all things knowing. This again, the verse connected straight to provision, money, wealth, materialistic items, everything, goodness. Allah says, He extends it to whomsoever He wills. So a question is, whom does He will to extend it to? Good question. If someone is dishing out things and I want from it, I need to ask myself, well, how can I make myself qualified enough to be able to get from what they are giving? And then I need to work towards that. So Allah says, He gives His worshippers who strive to earn His pleasure. This is whom He gives. So keep on striving to earn His pleasure. And then you will come to a point where you will realize and believe firmly that what He has given you was best for you and what He kept away from you, it was best that He kept it away from you. Subhanallah. Amazing. So sometimes you desperately want things. Part of the test of this dunya is that you will not get it. Allahu Akbar. Sometimes you desperately want something. Part of the test of this world is you will not get it. Now what you're going to do? Allahu Akbar. Are you going to be thankful to Allah to say, Oh Allah, I, I still want it. Ya Allah, I still make dua for it. But if you have chosen not to give me, I'm convinced that there must be something better in the fact that you haven't given me. X, Y, or Z that I wanted. So you become a mu'min, a believer who surrenders to Allah, a person who is truly believing in Qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi min Allah ta'ala, good and bad, comes from Allah. The fate is chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, you do have a role to play within the limits and the capacity that Allah has given you. You definitely have a role to play. But whether or not you will achieve, that's in the hands of Allah. And you know at a certain time, if you fulfill the role that Allah has asked you to fulfill, then you do not achieve what you tried to achieve, know that it was better for you. You should be convinced it was much better for you. Alhamdulillah, be happy, be patient. You know, this morning I got news of a doctor, a chiropractor in Malaysia who passed away. And you know what? He was only 47 years old and he was one of the top guys that I knew. And you know what? It's one of those things you treat everyone else and now you have to go yourself. One wonders, I was sitting this morning thinking that however old I am, subhanallah, 
the last time I counted, I, I forgot what it actually was. But uh, however old I am, how do I know if I'm going to see the next year or even the next few days? Tomorrow, may Allah protect us all. Anyone could be diagnosed with anything and before you know it, a month or two down the line, gone. And that's if you're lucky. You have a month or two to prepare. Whoa, subhanallah. That's fortunate. Others go suddenly without any form of, you know, what can I say, heads up, so to speak. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. May He make it easy for us the day He takes us away. My mothers and sisters, life is so temporary, so temporary. Live your life in a way that you will not regret when you arrive in the hereafter. Believe me, one of the best things you could ever do, ask Allah's forgiveness, constantly on a daily basis, most of the day, morning, afternoon, evening and night, ask Allah's forgiveness, oh Allah forgive me. Now and again, just keep that on your lips, subhanAllah. Imagine if that's your, the, the last words before you, you actually meet with Allah, is oh Allah forgive me. That's also quite a powerful word. Although the most powerful would be, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu. But subhanallah, just to ask for forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the last words as we're departing is something great. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yes, provision belongs to Allah. He extends to for whom He wills and He restricts. Indeed, He is of all things knowing. He knows. So don't choose the wrong ways of earning because earning belongs to Allah. Meaning, whatever you are looking for or trying to earn actually belongs to Allah. Then Allah says, He has ordained for you of religion what He enjoined upon Noah and that which he have, we have revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu and what we enjoined upon Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam to establish the religion and not to be divided therein. Difficult for those who associate others with Allah is that to which you invite them. Those who associate others with Allah, it's very hard for them to digest what you are inviting them towards. You are asking them to quit worshipping everything else. Do not divide in faith. What they used to say is, okay, on a certain day we'll worship this God, then we'll worship that one. When we are in dire straits, we will worship Allah. When we are in real need, we're going to worship Allah. Because they used to understand who Allah is. So Allah is telling us all that, look, the pillars of Iman or the pillars of belief have always been ditto, identical the same from the previous messengers. So what did Nuh or Noah, may peace be upon him, call towards? What did Jesus, may peace be upon him, call towards? What did Moses or Aaron or Abraham or any one of these messengers call towards? They call towards the following. Amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawmil akhir wal qadar khayrihi wa sharrihi min Allahi ta'ala wal ba'ath ba'd al that is identical. You know, the belief, let me repeat what I said in, in English. I believe in Allah, the one who created me, right? That is Allah. So every one of them called towards worshipping one God, Allah. The creator, the sustainer, the supreme, nourisher, cherisher, and so on. Allah, the one who is completely in charge. And all the angels, every one of them taught about the angels. All of them, without exception. Exactly as the others did, there was no difference when they called towards worshipping, or should I say worshipping Allah and believing in the angels. And all the books, the previous books and the scriptures, they all taught that they were prophets before and prophets after. As for the ones right at the beginning, they were teaching that they will come prophets after us. And as for those who came later, they taught who was before them and who will come after them. All of them did. And if there was Muhammad sallallahu none were, is to come after him, he taught that as well. 
But he taught everyone before. وَرُسُولِهِ And all the messengers, all the books and all the messengers, those two come hand in hand. وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ The fact that there is going to be a last day. All the messengers taught that. There is going to be a last day. A day of judgment. Qadr, good and bad fate, totally belonging to Allah. Yes, He gives you a role to play. You need to fulfill it. Do not insult Him by saying the role you've given me to play. I don't want to play it. You do everything because as it is, you've predestined everything. No, we cannot do that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, you will fulfill this role, you fulfill it. Then I will decide whether I will give you or not and how much or how little I will give you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So all the messengers taught about this issue of predestiny. And at the same time, al-ba'thi ba'd al-mawt, resurrection. There will be resurrection, answerability to Allah, heaven and hell. Everyone taught about it. So these pillars of iman or belief were never ever different. Never ever. So what is different? What is different is how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the do's and the don'ts, which were not connected to belief primarily, but obviously as, as a secondary point, it is connected to belief. Because if you believe in Allah, then it takes you towards uh, all the rules and regulations that are stipulated in revelation. So, but uh, for example, the way we pray, the way the Jews pray, the way the Christians pray and so on is different. And, and it was always different from the very beginning because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us, for example, to worship Him in a specific way. And He knew that there would come a time when I would perfect this entire deen for mankind. So sometimes, for example, uh, we are not permitted to do certain things that perhaps Christians might have been permitted to do. And the Jewish people were prohibited from a lot. And we have been permitted to do quite a few of those things that are prohibited for them. But this is Allah. So, the do, like for example, how to pray, we have the units of prayer and so on. That, that changes. Or the, should I say that changed with the various prophets. There were different ways of praying. But the fact that you believe you're only praying for Allah, it was always the same. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. That it is difficult for those who associate others with Allah... That which you are calling them towards. Very difficult for them to digest. Allah chooses for Himself whom He wills and guides to Himself whom, whomsoever He wills. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses for Himself who He wills. Yahdi ilayhi man yasha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses for Himself whom He wills and guides to Himself. Whoever turns back to Him. Turns back to Him meaning... Whoever wants to turn to Allah, Allah will guide them. But if your intention is not sincere, then obviously, how do you expect to achieve guidance? You know, when you really want to do something, no matter how old you are, no matter what financial capacity you may be upon, but you will be so determined that you will probably achieve. Why? Because by the help of Allah and determination, using the capacity Allah has given you, you are now heading in this direction. But if you sit with laziness and you don't do anything about it, and then you say, it was predestined for me anyway. If that's the case, what will happen? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. You probably would be sick and ill in bed with all these warts and pimples all around because you haven't even got up to have a bath. Allahu Akbar. Even to shower, you need to make an effort, my mothers and sisters. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, who does he guide? 
He guides those who want guidance, who search for it, who look for it, who work towards it. He will guide them. He opens the doors for them. He said this in so many places in the Quran. The end of Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah says, those who strive and struggle to come towards us, we will open the doors of guidance for them. We will show them our paths of guidance. Where is the guidance? Well, you're trying and you're sincere. And this is why whoever is searching for the truth sincerely will find it. And this is why whenever I've met Christians who, who are looking for the truth, I will always tell them, pray to be guided to the purest teachings of Jesus. May peace be upon him. Because the purest teachings of Jesus actually would lead you straight to Islam. Allahu Akbar. It's a beautiful dua that they could make. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us towards purity and towards his pleasure. Amen. So my mothers and sisters, there is no point in saying, you know, I don't have guidance, I'm feeling like this. Strive towards it, work towards it. Do something to understand the Quran, to go into the sunnah. And don't just listen to what everyone has to say. Uh, you know, everyone who has a discrepancy with something that might appear in the Quran. Uh, you need to first learn what is correct. Then you hear the discrepancies and you'll be able to respond to them. And then you can even go and ask people who know the questions because you might not know. And that's what the Quran says. Whenever you have a doubt or if not if the word doubt might be wrong but whenever you have a clarification that needs to be made you need to ask it and, and you must ask it to the right people and you will get the correct answers sometimes we ask the wrong people so they lead us further astray and there are so many people who want to say today for example that you know revelation cannot be correct the Quran cannot be correct you know it teaches barbarism it teaches this and hatred and it well they've misinterpreted it to be honest Islam teaches peace and more peace and it teaches justice and goodness and it, it it's full of mercy and kindness and it's full of forgiveness and hope. That's the Quran. So whatever they are reading and how they are interpreting it is, is wrong. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Allah describes the Quran as shifa'un lima fi sudur. Oh, oh people, we have revealed to you a cure for that diseases of the heart. You know, the Quran's melodious, beautiful recitation has an impact even on animals and plants. And I'm sure we know that. You can, you can check it out on YouTube if you'd like. Subhanallah. It has a melodious recitation. And that would soothe us. And it would soothe other creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. So this is Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling, is telling us thereafter. After saying that He guides those who turn to Him. He says... And they did not become divided until after knowledge had come to them out of jealous animosity between themselves. You see, when knowledge came to them, if jealousy and animosity overtakes a person who might have a little bit of knowledge, it is clouded. So for example, and I will give you a straightforward example, Muhammad came with revelation. The Jewish people and the Christians in Medina Munawwara confirmed in their hearts and even some of them did it you know they openly declared the faith in Islam they said this is a completion of what Jesus and Moses may peace be upon them have brought and they confirmed this but what did the cronies say what did some of the chiefs say some of the leaders and some of the the general masses followed those leaders what were their statements they said well the fact that he's not from the children of Isaac we've got a problem with it you're jealous that's all you can see loud and clear the man's come to you with the best of the best. Allah's blessed him in a million and one ways. And so what? He hasn't blessed you in that way. So if it was not from your children, it doesn't mean you don't accept the truth. 
You accept it from whoever Allah chooses. This is why when Allah says in the Quran, Allahu yastafi min al-malaikati rusulahu wa min al-nas. It is Allah alone who chooses from the angels whom He wants to use as messengers and from the people the same. Which means He chooses. It's up to Him. And that's why in another verse Allah says, "Ahum yaqsimuna rahmata rabbik." Nahnu qasamna baynahum. Allah says, "Are they the ones who decide how Allah should split his mercy? Are they the ones who decide?" Allah says, "We are the ones who have already chosen whom we are going to favor above the other, and how and why and when." So it's Allah's choice. You try your best. You know, you might be a supreme manager at a certain company. So one day I might need your services. But then a day will come when I might be a petrol attendant and you're going to need my services. Especially nowadays that they're mixing the diesel with sugarcane like we mentioned the other week. Allahu Akbar. Sweet driving, mashallah. So my, my mothers and sisters, we have to respect one another. Allah has chosen you for something. Definitely, you have something I don't have and I have something you don't have. Subhanallah. It's quite loud and clear that everyone is perhaps in, you know, gifted in their own way. Sometimes we do not understand what Allah has gifted us with because we're too busy doing other things. And we're too far from Allah. But Allah has given you a gift. What is the gift? Well, discover it and work on it. And, and you know, enjoy what Allah has blessed you with. There is nobody on earth that Allah has not blessed in one way or another. Not a single one. But they don't understand their blessings. Some of them disbelieve completely. And then they just want to enjoy life and think that they had fun for so many years, not realizing, hey, we never even searched for the truth. We didn't even think to ourselves that there is something more than this little temporary life of ours. Allahu Akbar. So this is why, so beautifully put, Allah is just tapping us, reminding us to say, hey, hang on, hang on. We own everything. We favor one above the other. We are the ones who choose. And Allah says, do not let jealousy and animosity cloud your knowledge. Because that's what it does. You can be the most knowledgeable person. But if you have jealousy and animosity, you'll be divided because you reject the truth. This is why pride in Islam is not connected to what you have and whether you are the richest or driving the best or uh, you know, living in the most luxurious home. That's not pride. You could be a person who flies by helicopter in for this session every week. That doesn't make you proud. But when you come out of your helicopter, please greet us. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. My mothers and sisters beautifully put, when you come out of that helicopter, your attitude is what determines, you know, whether you are proud or not. If you come out and you really are a humble soul who still takes out your shoes where everybody does, you walk in properly, you sit where everybody else sits, that's okay. People will love you even though you have a helicopter flying in, mashallah. What's the big deal? Mashallah blessed you. We are happy for you. And we ask Allah to grant us a helicopter as well. Amen. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. You are happy for someone and you ask Allah if you really want, okay, Allah, make it easy. But our helicopter, we ask Allah to take us to Jannah with it. What do you say? MashaAllah. That doesn't mean we're asking for it to crash. But what, what we're asking for is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us to Jannah through the means that He has given us. Whatever capacity He's given me, MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us paradise. I wonder if there will be helicopters in Jannah. I doubt it actually because... Uh, we, will, we will be able to fly and get to wherever we want to just by thinking about it. But anyway, let's get there. Let's not debate what is there because the, the most important thing is to get there. When once you're there, you'll never be let down. May Allah grant us all Jannah. Amin, 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 amin. So my mothers and sisters, uh, uh, pride is when you despise people and reject the truth. That is what pride is. Batrul haqqi wa nas. When the truth comes to you, reject it. You know it's right. But you say no. Why? Because I got the money. 
Allahu Akbar. That's pride. That is pride. But mashallah, you have people of the Ummah, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Muslimin, you know, uh, us, when we have, no matter what we have in terms of authority or power or wealth, alhamdulillah, the minute the truth comes, we say, Sami'na wa ata'na. We've heard and we've obeyed. That's what it is. We've heard and we've obeyed. Yes, it's true. I was wrong. Even though I might be a big shot, so what? I, I'm wrong. And so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant us ease. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they did not become divided until after knowledge had come to them out of jealous animosity between themselves. And if not for a word that proceeded from your Lord postponing the penalty until a specified time, it would have been concluded between them a long time back. So Allah has given you chances and given everyone some time. And Allah says, had it not been for a predestined time, you would have already been destroyed. Or the conclusion, the judgment between you would have been made and done a long time ago. Past, a long time back. So Allah says, a favor of His is that he has kept it for a specified time so those who would like to turn can still turn and Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala and indeed those who were granted inheritance of the scripture after them are concerning it in disquieting doubt so when a person who, who is full of jealousy and animosity passes the message to the next generation what type of message do you think they're going to pass are they going to tell you the truth they're going to say don't believe in muhammad because you know what sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's from the children of ismail he's supposed to have been from the children of ishaq so don't so now the next generation tells the following generation and the, the, the fourth and fifth say don't believe in those people they're devils that all that's all they know now they don't know the whole history and the, and the next generation says, these people are Satanists. The, the next one says, these people are devil worshippers. And now, like I was telling you, the churches around us, even today, they, they tell their people, watch out, these people, they are Satanists. You know how they say it in, in, in the accent here locally. They say they are Satanists. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Satanists. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us ease. And we are not. We are the furthest away from shaitan. And they say that, oh, you better watch out. If you, be, if you become a Muslim the day you die, they will clean your intestines and make some rice with it. And after three days, they feed the people and they relish the taste. Allahu Akbar. You know those Indian masalas. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. My mothers and sisters, what a fairy tale. But this is why Allah says that they are in doubt. The, the people who know us from amongst those who are hearing this type of folk tale, they are actually in doubt. They know that these people are good. We've been brought up with them. We know them for a long, long time. How could they be doing this? And this is why my mothers and sisters, whenever you have an opportunity, explain to some of the non-Muslims some of the good teachings of Islam. And tell them, oh, in Islam, you know, when a person passes away, the amount of respect they give the body, X, Y, and Z, explain to them. I hope you know in order to be able to explain. Because it clarifies doubts. So many turn to Islam when doubts are cleared and clarified. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, in fact, subhanAllah, I'm noticing that uh, the time is up. So inshallah, we'll stop at verse number 14. Uh, I went back slightly this week, but inshallah, next week we will continue from verse number 15. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and goodness. Verse number 15 is connected to uh, the statement by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the instruction and injunction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and by extension to all of us to invite towards uh, Islam, to invite towards goodness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says call towards that. 
And that is why you should be calling towards the goodness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. My mothers and sisters, make dua for rain. We really need rain. We really need uh, good produce. And inshallah, we, we'd like to see the economy turn around. It's been a long time since people are actually struggling and suffering in this country. Believe me, you know, people from decent families, good families are really, really struggling. Uh, it's about time we, we made sincere dua. And for a dua to be accepted, you need to seek Allah's forgiveness. You need to ask Allah's forgiveness. You need to quit bad habits and ways. You need to become dedicated to Allah. I promise you, you will see results. Ask Allah's forgiveness. Establish your salah. Become a little bit stronger when it comes to your dress code and various other items. And by the will of Allah, you will find a huge, huge, huge difference. May Allah bless us all. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma, bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.